Welcome to Porch Talk. This is the Happy Hour Edition. This week, we're doing vodka. Vodka sodas. Vodka sparkling water. Vodka orange juice. Anything straight vodka, if that's what you want. We're doing vodka big time. Happy Hour Vodka. I'm Eric. Pops, um, I just want to let them know. I'm drinking that Kettle One Botanical Cucumber Mint. Not everybody fucks with Kettle One, but I kind of fuck with Kettle One, okay? Where does it stand compared to, I mean, I feel like you were the guy who put me on to Finlandia, so what kind of level is that on compared to Finlandia? It's not Finlandia in my eyes. Nowhere near Finlandia. Um, I think it's made in Holland or originated in Holland. It is way better than that Ciroc trash. (laughs) Way better than fucking Smirnoff trash, Amsterdam trash, Spectre trash. It's probably like, if I'm not drinking... Finlandia vodka, I'm probably going to be drinking Kettle One. Those are probably my two go-tos. Ever since you put me on to Finlandia, that's pretty much all I drink. The first time I ever got it, I got a fifth of it, and I finished about three-fourths of the fifth by myself with, coincidentally, orange juice, so I probably shouldn't be drinking this combo right now. But it went down so smooth, so it's dangerous. Finlandia is easy. I love it. I'm surprised it's like... I mean, if you hadn't told me about it, I don't think I would have ever bought it. But, like, there's there's no word of mouth with it, which is kind of weird. It's not one of those, like, popular trendy brands. It doesn't have, like, P. Diddy backing it like Ciroc. It doesn't have, like, the fun bottle like Svetka. It doesn't have 5,000 flavors like Smirnoff. So it could be easily forgotten. Yeah, I feel like it's a once-you-know-you-know you know kind of thing, but it's... It's just like it. There, there. No one knows about it, and it's it's a real shame because once you drink it, you're like, oh yeah, there's there's levels to this shit. I also don't drink vodka a lot either. I'm actually like getting out of my vodka phase. It feels like if I'm drinking vodka, it's usually Finlandia kettle one. But I really vodka's not really what I do no more. I'm really moving into the cognacs. I feel like you've been making that move for a while now, though. Yeah. I just like drawing different cognacs so I can tell people that there's things out there better than Hennessy. Um, I think some people were blinded by the brand of Hennessy. Being a minority and black, it's like we were guilted into drinking Hennessy. Don't get me wrong. I like Hennessy. But there are better cognacs out there than Hennessy. So far, Camus, way better than Hennessy. If you're looking for a Hennessy, don't take my word for it. Not nah, Hennessy. If you're looking for a cognac, don't take my word for it. Go get Camus. Way better than Hennessy. See, that's a tough look when you're talking about cognacs and you're saying <laughs> Hennessy. I know. It's that's, like, how, that's how deep we're into it. We're so deep-rooted into it. We're slaves to the Henny. Um, so, yeah, happy hour edition vodka. You know the vibes. Do we need to make, like, a happy hour intro? Like, we got the special happy hour, like, little artwork for it now. Do we need, like, an intro? Do we also need a new intro for the regular podcast episodes? Honestly, we might need a pod, uh, happy hour intro. We also, I think we do need a new intro for a regular podcast because I think it gives breath to like our fresh air, fresh start. Not that anything was bad before, but like we are starting fresh with two new It's a members. new era. Yeah, it's a new era. It'd be nice to like have something new for all of us since this is like Porch Talk 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the happy hour, I mean, at least now that we're kind of rebranding the happy hour to be more specific, like actually happy hour where we're having drinks or an alcohol or a special drink. I think that first of all, it's a fucking great idea. Um, 
but like having kind of some intro instead of me just fucking just going until I'm like that's enough probably is a good idea. Yeah, it definitely can't hurt us. I don't know about the um, for the regular episodes what kind of intro that we should do because we definitely I'm not gonna say we stole anything, um, but some people could say that we inspired a TV show's intro, and that's how I'll put it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I don't know what we would do. Yeah, the intros are still a little up in air since <clears throat> the intros a little up in air still. We need I new like intro the music too. The new music we definitely need. I like the old intro, but it doesn't necessarily fit anymore, and it's almost lazy to keep it that way. It could fit with Morgan, yeah. But I was never at camp with Morgan, so it'd be kind of like a crossover a little bit. But with Diana, it definitely doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to workshop that a little bit. I also think we should get Trey on the podcast. So I feel like we haven't had him on for a while. We haven't. Might need to bounce some ideas. Also, might need like. Fucking um, player cards for those two as well. Oh, I didn't but, think about it's that. It's looking like we are going to ride with them, so I think yeah, it's we're fair pretty lazy because I, I don't know if I'm going to search for anybody else. <laughs> absolutely, I think it's fair they get the whole experience hmm. to see about that. Yeah, hmm. I even have to just go with a whole new logo, even though I don't really want to do that. But I am thinking like. Not necessarily like a new logo, but a little bit of update. I don't know if we need the circle anymore. I kind of like the color scheme that we have going. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 blue and the pink work well together, especially now that it's like two guys, two girls kind of also yeah. kind of works. I agree. Um, so maybe there, there's a lot of things that might slowly be getting updated. And, you know, as you're saying, Porch Talk 2.0. Um, yeah, I think I think we can make some things happen. It'll be interesting to see um, this new era that we're getting into. Um, if anybody listening has any guests they want to hear on the podcast, I know a couple people have been reaching out to us recently, but any kind of uh, different kind of people that you want to see on the cast, definitely let us know because we're always looking for, you know, bringing back the interview series as they're always a good time or just any interesting guest in general to talk about random shit with. Those are good times. Um, I'm actually going to pull a topic from one of our um, our list of topics that we haven't talked about in a while. I don't even know what made you think about this. I'm not even sure if we've talked about this at one point or not, but people who put their like their Instagrams or their Snapchats on their business cards. Now, I think if you're doing something like if you if you're an entrepreneur, all right, like mahogany mommies, perfect sense. Advertise it. But if you're just working like a nine to five, do you need to put that on there? Honestly, I truly wish I could remember better. I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been at like the car job I was at. I think nigga had his IG on there, his Twitter on there. Can't remember. Um, I almost agree with you. If it's like, if your business card is, you have a t-shirt company, you're an entrepreneur, and your Instagram is like where like all your work is, like you want to see customer feedback, that's the easiest way for like customers to give reviews. You highlight customers like and you throw them up on your stories or even on your regular like account because she does that. And, like, you want to see, like, you got this many customer feedback. People are liking it. That's one thing. Or, like, if you've got a lawn care service, landscaping service, and you've got, like, a Instagram specifically for that, and, like, all you do is, like, post grasses you've done or, like, cur- like the curb appeal of, like, bushes, shrubs, like, landmarks you've done, the landscaping you've done for people's yards, the backyards you've done. That's one thing. But, like, 
you can't have a business card and like your company does like business consulting and you got your Twitter, Instagram on there. I'm going to be like, bro, what? <laughs> like, I don't, Twitter's risky because unless you're literally running it as like a professional Twitter, which would be kind of boring, if you're just using that as like your casual Twitter and like talking shit and commenting on things, you get real dicey real quick. I think people are doing it because I want to, yeah. I think people are doing it in a you can reach me at any time type of way. Like the people who got a work phone or office phone, but still put their home phone and cell phone. It's like at any given moment, you can reach me. I don't ever want to be that person, first off, because you cannot reach me at any given moment. Like this is not what I do. I am not fucking AAA. I am not your fucking landlord. Like, no, they're, I operate as a business. They are business hours. Outside of business hours, you cannot reach me. And I think that's a problem entrepreneurs get into and they like burn out eventually because they want to immediately be there for them. They're like, mm, at any moment, I can lose a customer if I don't reply, which it could be true. Hopefully, your customer's got a little more leeway. They can email you or call you on Friday, leave a voicemail. I understand they're not going to hear from you until Monday. But like those, you can reach me at any time. So here's my Instagram if I don't answer my email or my phone. Here's my Twitter. DM me on there if you need to reach me. It's like, bro, like that's weird. Yeah, I mean, and again, I we're talking about like, yeah, okay, entrepreneurs, they definitely, even like salespeople, like they're like, yeah, you can reach me at any time. Here's my number. Like, here's my personal number. But like, you definitely do need to have some type of separation. Like, I, listen, laptop, five o'clock, closed, done. Won't hear from me until Monday. You need me? Can't be that important. Monday, you will hear from me. Just have some separation. Like, it, well, it's what benefit is it to be accessible at all times? I listened to a uh, fucking interview years ago. It was Mark Cuban. It was years ago, probably like four or five years ago. The one thing I can apply that he said, he's from Texas. So I think he's from Dallas. They might be an hour behind. They might actually be on East Coast time. I'm not a hard researcher. They either on East Coast or an hour behind. But he said what he does do, he doesn't work an eight hour. He said he's like a 12, 14 hour because he you can reach him between the hours of 5 a.m. Eastern time and 5 p.m. Pacific, because he was like, I still understand that like 8 a.m. here is 5 a.m. there, so I'm going to get up. Y'all 5 a.m., I will be up and working for Pacific time. Oh, wait, no. It was just 5 a.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, because he was like, your 5 a.m. is our, or the East Coast 8 a.m., so I'm going to be up working in case work needs to be done, but he was like, I'm not going to stop at the East Coast 5 p.m. if I'm already according if he's already like getting up and working that way because it was like if I got up early and I'm starting my day at 5 a.m. to accommodate the fucking East Coast for the West Coast people I'm gonna end my day at 5 p.m. Pacific because they still don't end their day until that time so he operates on like a 12 14 hour day that's the only thing I'd say I'd say if you're an entrepreneur you're worried about losing customers you ship all over the country. I'd say get up at 5 a.m. Pacific and stop at 5 p.m. Pacific. You're going to run a 12-hour day. It's going to feel long, but then you're still operating during the East Coast whole operational time plus a little more. That one, I mean, for that, it definitely does make more sense. Um, I operate on a East Coast time. So, I I mean, I mean, we started what? Technically nine. I'm probably up at like seven thirty, seven forty-five my time working. 
Um, I did think about when I was looking for like a job before I got this one, I was very much into this company um, who's fully remote and they're based, they're kind of based in like the Australia area, but they have offices in um, San Francisco. So I was like kind of interviewing for stuff and they kind of were like, give me the runaround. So whatever, fuck them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were telling me if I would have gotten the job, like I would have been training with people who were in australia and i was like i don't even want to know what kind of fucking time zones i would have been like fucking with with my schedule for that that would have been terrible i would have sucked for that training period but yeah no but we definitely talked about this before it's just finding some type of balance and just it's so important and i think i think because things are so like portrayed as people are always working so hard and, you know, you're seeing people's stories and they're like, I'm up grinding. What are you doing? And all this. And it's like, yeah, but when do you like relax? And I'm like, I don't have time to relax. Well, someone's got to relax at some point. And I'm going to definitely be relaxing. So yeah. I hope you are too. You you hate your nine to five, but then you go work a fucking five to nine. It don't make sense. Make it make sense. Y'all got to give yourself some peace of mind to rewind. And um, don't hand me a business card with your Twitter and IG on it because I'm probably going to throw it away. I there literally unless you are a business and this is your business social media. Yeah. What's the point? You've got to be in photography or something that directly needs photos to convince me that like your business or your product is good. If Real not, part. I do not need your Instagram or your Twitter. What about Realtor? I feel like Realtor is a fair game Instagram. <sighs> Realtor gets tricky. And the only reason I'm saying that gets tricky is you could probably just text me the pictures. What are you? What is your real estate account? Is it just going to be pictures of you closing on houses you've sold before? I don't need you to like show me the houses you've sold before if I'm looking to get a house from you. It feel kind of weird. I guess if that was your way of listing houses, like you had like clientele on the Instagram or people knew to follow you on Instagram and they were seeing different houses that way, I'd let it slide. It'd still be kind of weird to me though. I think if you're posting, like, I think you can post listings. I'm trying to think. Like, I assume you would want to take them down. But if you did sell them, I think it would be, like, you could update, like, sold. So people can kind of see what you're working with. But, okay, my question then was going to be, if you saw, like, a realtor was closing a bunch of different houses. And they're, like, you know, they take the ceremonial picture that everybody takes with, like, a key and signing papers. Like, does that do anything for you where you're like, oh, I have a really good realtor? Like, does that make sense? Like, is that like, oh, they're closing deals. I need to get with them. I don't know. Because I don't know if it applies. Ain't all real estate agents created equal. You could be closing a lot of deals. That don't mean you closing good deals. Hmm. Yeah, because I was, but now I'm trying to think of like, and I'm sure because I'm drinking, I just can't think of it. But like. At what what would you want to see someone closing a lot of deals with that you'd be like, I want to do business with them? Honestly, I probably don't need to see it at all. If you're a good real estate agent and I'm either in your city or trying to move to your city, I bet someone done pointed me in the direction of the best real estate agency in town. Somebody word of mouth or somewhere on Google, they're like, oh, work with these people. They're good. They're going to have like high four stars, like 4.7, 4.8 on like Google, on Yelp. I'm not going to need to be convinced you're good if you're a good real estate agency. What about, um, okay, now this might be a little tricky, but like if you're a car dealer, because I feel like there would be one for 
I mean, maybe not because I don't think every car dealership has social media. So if your dealership doesn't have social media, if you're dealing, would you want to be posting things like, hey, new deals? And then you can, I think that one's more of a take it off once it's off because, well, I guess no, because they're kind of scumbags. I'll try to get you in, even though a car has already been sold at times. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that would still be more Facebooky, and that will be a push because niggas know the good car dealerships. They, they all generally have sales around the same time. The only ones I could see doing that would be like a used car dealership. They might have an Instagram pushing like, come today, we'll take whatever junk car you have, giving $3,000 cash for it. Because they do like weird promotions like that where you can bring your piece of shit car that don't run and they'll give you 3000 on anything. So if it's a used dealership and they're doing stuff like that, they might benefit from a, like Instagram or Facebook. Twitter would still be very weird, but maybe. Yeah, I don't. I really am not sure business-wise. I just feel like Twitter, like, don't get me wrong, there's definitely companies that have their Twitters and they use it, but it's kind of more of like, I feel like people go to Twitter to bitch and then you have people who work for the company who then respond to people who are bitching. It's not as much, you're not making big announcements. If you're making a big announcement, it's going to be on your website if you have a website. Yeah, that's true as well. The more I think about it, the more it's just like I'm very anti-social media on your business card. But I am also anti-cell phone number. I'm sorry. If I've got a business, and you know what? Probably not going to have a business cell phone unless your business is doing very well. So some startups might have their uh, be using their personal cell phones. Might not have office yet. So you can use your cell phones. But I'm begging you, don't be answering this phone all hours of the day. Yeah, I mean, if you're starting out cool, I think if you're established, though, you should definitely have a separate line and definitely keep some type of, like, rules. Because I feel like not only is it good for you, but it's also good for, like, your household and situation. Because we talked about this also before of, you know, you want to be able to give your your partner and, like, some other, like, their own time to, like, be with. And you can't be like hanging out watching TV and the next thing you know, phone's going off, I got to take this. 10 minutes later, phone's going off, I got to take this. Like you need to have some separation at the same time. Got to. I'm going to tell you right now, many failing businesses have ruined many relationships. Businesses going into any kind, opening any kind of business, restaurants in general and bars, I'm very anti. Man, that's, ugh. Won't open a bar, won't open a restaurant. Even the best, you can have the best food. That don't mean people are coming there, and that will never sit right with me. There's so many factors that go into a good restaurant, location, foot traffic, word of mouth, things like pricing. There's way too many, like, I didn't seen it. There's way too many things that go into it. I would never want a restaurant. Bar, as much as I like drinking, as much as I think I do good, I, everybody I see on Bar Rescue who fails is a nigga who liked your drinking and just had an idea of opening a bar. So, yeah, would never get into a bar either. No, you're so right about it. We went to, we went out with a friend and one of his friends uh, to get this Mexican pot for like a little Taco Tuesday thing. When I tell you there was not a single soul in that fucking restaurant, the tacos, honestly, really good. Really good. Not a single fucking person person was in that bitch on like prime time dinner time 
I mean, like, I was like, what is going on, dude? This is terrible. Like, how is mm-hmm. this place is going to shut down? This isn't sustainable. There used to be a soul food place a little bit outside of Fredericksburg, out there where my parents live. My dad used to love that spot. They probably had, like, some of the best soul food, in my opinion, like, probably my family's opinion, probably within, like, a 60-mile radius. The soul food slapped. It was when I was a little younger. Um, they went out of business because pretty much, like you said, there was never nobody in there. It's a little outside of Fredericksburg. They probably got a deal on the restaurant where they weren't going to have to, like, pay a boat a fucking leg and an arm for it because it wasn't in Fredericksburg. It was outside. Stuff like that. Food was fucking fire. But you could call in. Fucking, you can come on with a party of 30 and they'd seat you right away. You could fucking <laughs> order the pickup. The moment you get there, it's ready to go. It's hot, steaming, ready. Food was good. Service was good. They just didn't have bodies in there. And after a while, they closed. And this is like, you can have a fire product, and if you don't market it right, you're not going to make nothing. So restaurants, I could never get into. You had the best chef back there, and if niggas not coming, they're not coming. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times we've watched, like, Bar Rescue is a little bit different. Because I feel like Bar Rescue, a lot of times, it's people who don't know what they're doing. They just buy a bar and get into it. But, like, even, like, restaurant, like, Impossible or, like, Kitchen Nightmares and that kind of stuff, it's, like, people, oh, we open a restaurant, it's doing well for, like, a year or two. And then things just start going downhill. So then you start cutting back on prices and quality. Think, think, things just keep going worse and worse. And then next thing you know, you're in $500,000 debt. And you're like, how did I end up here? Get me out of here. Bro, I feel like that's another thing that like a big factor in these restaurants or bars. It be they have that like fresh baby smell on them. They get that buzz. Kind of like when Shark Tank, when they're, like, they'll be like, oh, we went popular in Oprah's top 100 things. That's the worst thing for a business. Because you get that, like, fresh new buzz, but that dies off. Like, eventually, you're no longer that new restaurant in your area. A newer restaurant's there. So if you're no longer the new restaurant and you're not the best restaurant, what are you? Like, just another restaurant? Yeah, because if you get that big, big like, at the beginning, that big bump, you're like, oh, look at the numbers we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then you start, like, ordering for that. And then people just start coming in, and then you're still trying to keep up. You're like, no, we're going to keep doing that. It'll come back. I think it just sets that unrealistic expectations, and then you're like sitting there with your fucking dick in your hands. Like, what am I doing? Why are we down so much? Why is no one coming in here anymore? Yeah. It's terrifying, dude. I I don't know how you just go into it, and then you just go into debt, and you just keep like, – how do you just keep doing that? Dude, I would cut my losses. I always think about that because I'll hear something that's like bad, but it's not so bad. I'll hear something and it's like they 80000 in debt. And then I'll see something they're like $750,000 in debt. And it's like, what's the point why I've lost too much so I've got to now cut ties? To me, excuse me, I think I said, I think I would cut ties if I don't think I can make that money back in a year. Like, if at no point we've ever made this much money in one year, I'm cutting ties. If it's like 110000 and we've done years where we do 240000 300000 I might let it rock. If it's 700000 and we've never come close to 700000 if it's 300000 we've never done 300000 I probably got to cut ties. And it can't just be like profit. Not profit. It can't just be like net. It would have to be how much money we profited. Not like the regular, like just... This how much money we've made this year. That don't matter. I need to know how much money I profited this year. If I've never profited close to seventy thousand, then if I get to seventy thousand, we closing our doors. 
Yeah, it's I I think it's just people don't want to accept the failure or the fact that their quote unquote dream is failing. But hey, it's 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 all right to fail, dude. You know what's not all right? Mortgaging like your house fifteen times to try to keep this <laughs> shitty restaurant open. Crippling debt. Um, I think it's one step farther than not liking to fail. I think it's even a little farther than their pride. I think it comes down to they got a taste of being their own boss and they don't want to go work for another nigga again. Why do I feel like I've seen like a TikTok or something where they're like, hey, not everybody's made out to do this. <laughs> and it's not easy. And it's right. That is facts. <laughs> My thing is, um, fuck the people. Like, <laughs> even, even if you're... Like you do, like let's say bar rescue something like that, and your profits are up. First of all, they're like they're up forty percent. Yeah, because you were in such the you were so down deep. You're gonna be up if you're anything. But the people who like they change their restaurant, their menus, and like they're like, hey, this is the new stuff. And then they, as soon as the cameras are gone, they change everything back. How does that make any sense, dude? You, you what you've been doing for two years hasn't been working. Why not change it? Yeah. Um. Bar Rescue always throws me some crazy curves because I've seen ones where they immediately change the name or they get rid of the menu and stuff like this. And I'm like, he came in, built our new bar, new menu, all this. And you want to go back to what was failing? Yeah. I think they I looked up the stats because me and Mariah were watching it heavy after Dewey. I still catch up, put it on occasionally. I think the statistics were like, I think they said like, 30% of his bars succeed after they do that. And there's truly, after we watch an episode, every time we look up to see which ones like work and don't work. It's always closed. It truly, the ones that you think are going to close, absolutely be closed. And the ones that you like have a little bit of hope for, be closed too. It really be like the most random ones that succeeded. Yeah, I'd be looking at it like, what, y'all, y'all crazy. The ones that change the name back, though, they're, I'll never understand them. The change the name and menu the moment after, like, how do you, how are you going to be successful like this? Oh, yeah, even if, even if you just change your name, people are like, oh, new restaurant. Let's go check yeah. that out. Like, you're going to change it back? First of all, how fucking expensive is that to, like, change the sign, change all the menus? Like, that's crazy talk. It's like a control like, thing. Stubborn, dude. Also, some people will truly get in their own way. Somebody is handing you pretty much a brand new bar, and you are getting in your own way. Why, like, why are we like that? Why are people so against help or like using resources that they have available to them? Because you'd rather be able to say or feel you got it on your own, or you would rather think you did this and you have to listen to nobody because this is all you. I think part of that with these people who fail and like change the name of the menu, I think it goes back to like that feels like they have a boss or someone telling them what to do and they don't like that. Yeah, but if you have someone who's so successful in the game giving you it's it's like you have a mentor for like a week for, for these shows. For these shows it's like a week or like 72 hours, like it's a very short time frame. But you have a mentor who's super successful who's like here are the keys. Here, I'm going to give you everything possible as long as you come in here ready to listen, which is a whole different issue. People are like, I don't fucking care what this guy says. But they're giving you the keys, and you're just like, 
yeah, but like I know what I'm doing, dude. Like I got this. Don't even worry. And it's like, no, you don't. Because no. I wouldn't be here but if you needed it. Literally. It's like you got this. You also the nigga who put yourself $700,000 in debt. Shut up. No, it's fucking crazy. But I, I can understand the like I want to do things. Like I want to know that I did it for myself. I can definitely get that. But the logical part in me knows it's stupid if you have resources or connections not to use them because any smart person, <laughs> even dumb people are smart enough to know, hey, I know someone who can get me this job. Why would I not send them this text? Hey, pull my application, get me in there. So Literally. why would you not do that? At some point, you've got to be willing to put your pride to the side. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people... This isn't just what bars or restaurants. This is just an everyday life. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Cause what, what bro say? It's like um like dang dads. It's you gotta if you got a boss, you call another nigga daddy. So <laughs> letting somebody come in there and help your business to him, that must be worse than calling another nigga daddy. Some people can't put that to the side and be like, you know what? This is the rational and logical thing to do. They're trying to help me. I am in debt. He's going to help me get out of debt so I can help my family. But people don't think of it like that. They're like, uh, I don't like that John came in here and yelled at me. John's changing my menu and the name. This is his bar. Like, nigga, who cares? You're going to be profitable and you're going to be out of the debt you were in. Yeah, people are, they just go down with this fucking sinking ship rather than just change their attitude for it. It's crazy. Yeah, it could never be me. I'm not sinking with this ship. Captain or not, I'm going to be the first nigga off. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. Fuck it. Who wants to be in that much debt? But the um, I feel like even if we're okay, if we take like the bar and like restaurant stuff out of it, but just like having other people help you, like I think most people would gladly do it. Like you'll definitely have some people who will like. I think you see it more in like TV and movies where like they help you out and then they're just on your fucking ass about every time, like anytime they need anything, like oh, who helped you get that job? Most people aren't gonna do that. So why would you not use those connections that you have? Literally. I, I be thinking about that. Like, y'all, I be telling people all the time, it's my opinion on nepotism as well. Um, I'm with it. And here's why. <laughs> Fuck it. White people been doing it all their lives. They inherit companies that they got no business inheriting. They got jobs that they have no business getting. They've been scratching each other's back for 300 years. If we can scratch each other's back, let's scratch each other's back. Who gives a fuck? But people don't be thinking of it like that. For whatever reason, it's just like, I got it out the gutter on my own. Niggas want that story. They want that to be their origin story. And it's like, bro, like that ain't how it's got to be. Like, what benefit does that story really have in your life? Maybe it sounds tougher when you tell your kids. But like outside of that, like nothing. <laughs> you can lie. Literally, you, you could. Lie you literally could. <laughs> what, what fucking benefit is there to be like, I made it out? By myself. And no no offense, you're not getting interviewed for anything. No one's looking for you to make a fucking presentation at any, you know, college, any speaking. You're not doing a commencement sheet speech. So, like, if someone can help you out, someone can help you out. Literally. Fucking take I'll take it. And I'll gladly tell people, yeah, so-and-so threw me a lifeline and helped me get where I am today. Like, I feel like people got the wrong priorities. Who the fuck cares on how you get there? As long as it's legal. Like, if yeah. you're in a place you you like and someone looked out for you except them looking out like yeah most people are like realistically most people are not going to be a dick about the fact that they helped you out 
they'll probably feel great about themselves. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I helped someone get a job or put someone in a position to do something, you know? Literally. And then you can just hold it over them until, like, you find something. You're like, hey, I need you to do this for me. <laughs> and it's like, fine. It's like, fair game. Like, cool. You got that. And that's it. Uh-huh. Who knew that fucking talking about Instagram things would turn into a fucking light discussion <laughs> about goddamn accepting help? Crazy life. That was wild. I will say, I think it's a, it's a shame, but I think like a lot of communities don't take advantage of using themselves, like like using and brokering opportunities that they have within their community to help each other out. Like, I know a lot of talk is talking about the Jewish community, but, like, the Jewish community is very much tight-knit, and they'll look out for each other. It's kind of like the Amish, but we don't hear about the Amish. The Jewish community and the prominent elite white people, like the upper class. And I feel like we, regular people, give them a lot of shit for it. It sucks because they're hogging the best jobs in the world. They're hogging the 1%. They're giving jobs to their nephew who ain't who ain't qualified, none of the company going to shit, fucking sexual harassment charges every three weeks because of that nigga. But, like, outside of that, it's like, damn. I can't truly be mad at them because if and when I get in a position like that, I'm going to do the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire whatever cousin I got. I don't give a fuck if he got a degree or not. I don't care if he ever worked in this. He want a job, he can come work for me. Why? Because they've done this for years. Um, side note, what do you think about people who force their kids to join like the family business? Now, I'm not talking about necessarily like a corporate America job, but like let's say you had a hardware store. Do you feel like you would force your kids to then do that? Is that like wrong to do? <sighs> it's tricky because they probably inherited this from their pappy who inherited it from hey grandpa. So it's been in the business and you need someone to pass it down to and you don't want to sell it. A hardware store, I'm probably I probably don't want to force my kid. Hopefully they'd want to like continue the business. Hopefully it's like a excuse me, hopefully it's a successful business of some sort. But at the end of the day, I'm not selling it. So it's it's a family business that's gonna be passed down to family. So one of y'all gotta pick it up. Perfect example. I got a boy back at school, white boy. He was cool this shit. Um I had to let him know stop dipping because he sat behind me for like the first three weeks at Mansfield and he just kept spitting the bottle. I was like, bro, like that ain't going to fly. <laughs> I was like, you are in my ear. This is just not going to happen. And then he moved to the side and things got better. I learned to tolerate him. And after having a few accounting classes with him, I was like, eh, he rolled that shit kind of country, but he like more hillbilly than racist. So it's okay. Um, Didn't want to go to college. He actually graduated with a degree in accounting. Hated school. Kind of smart. He wasn't super smart, but mm, I don't think you got to be super smart to get a degree. It's kind of cat. Um, he told me the reason he was there is because his dad had a farm. He said he didn't have a sister. His mom does all the business side of it. And it was between him and his little brother to do the accounting when their mom like was to pass away and the farms get passed down. He said at 17, when his brother was 15, he was 17, his dad gave him two options. You're going to inherit the farm or you're going to go to school to learn how to do the accounting. And him and his brother talked it over, and he said he drew the short stick. He went to school to get the degree while his brother gets to be a farmer. And I think that happens in more places than we think it happens. Like, I think there are people who almost get bullied into taking over certain aspects of their family's uh, companies. 
I don't know if it's necessarily bad because even if it's not your passion, if it's something that can provide you like financial stability, I'm all for that. I don't think every job has to be somebody's passion because I think at the end of the day, your family and your likelihood trump you being super excited to go to work. I like that the accounting was strong in the short stick. There's people who were like, I would kill to know accounting. I would be an accountant. And this guy's like, fuck, man, I can't work on the goddamn farm do the track. I'm going to tell you right now, if you could have seen this dude, he did not want to be at school at all. He gave zero fucks. I was in the elevator with him one time. This was like a cudgel dude I know. Like boots, fucking flannels every day, big belt buckles. I was in the elevator with him one time. We were talking. Out of nowhere, this nigga spit on the floor. I was like, who does shit like this? Jesus Christ, dude. He just did, like, school was not where he wanted to be. God. Did he really need to get an accounting degree to do this, though? I'm feeling like the mom probably didn't have one. So His mom did have an accounting him. degree. I, I think so. Because, like, I think he said his dad had, like, 600 acres. So they weren't, like, oh. massive farmers, but they were doing, like, big-scale farming. So... I think the numbers would have got a little more tricky than what you learn in rural Pennsylvania high school. Mm, yeah, because you know what? If Let's be real. If he didn't care about college, he probably didn't give a fuck about school either because he probably thought he was going to be working on the farm. Literally. But, all right, like, problem solving, Dad. We couldn't just hire someone to do the books? I'm not going to lie to you. They don't be doing shit like that. They keep it 100% of the family. Damn. It's a real tight knit, huh? Yeah, you hire someone to do the books, they stealing from you. That's like the first thing people like that be thinking, I swear. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know. I like I would like to think I wouldn't necessarily make my kids like force them to be in the family business. Like there is a, a certain level of you would just like to pass it down to them. You know, like that makes sense. But if they if they don't have any passion for it. See, that might be the the Caucasian side of me saying, well, if they don't care, let them, you know, pursue their passions. But maybe yeah. that's not what we need to be doing. I think it depends on how successful the business is, honestly. Because let's just pick something completely random. Let's say you got an engineering firm and you know how to engineer. You know all that. Your kid don't want to go to school for engineering. They don't want anything to do with the business. They want nothing to do with this firm. But your shit bring in. $30 million a year. You profit uh, probably 18 mil off of that a year. You After that, you probably pocket and take home 13, 12 after paying employees and like cost of running it. You want to keep that within your family to the point where it's almost like, bro, I don't even care. Don't go to fucking college. I can appoint you to be a CFO, a CEO. All you got to do is run the company. Like you don't have to have shit about engineering to run this company. So I think a lot of stuff like that happens. And to me, you're going to run my company before you don't because I'm trying to build generational wealth. And if I can hand you generational wealth at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 25, you might not understand that. You might not grasp the concept of generational wealth. You might not understand how important it is to like the future of your family and your family's family. But I'd almost be a bad parent. If I let you walk away from generational wealth. Yeah, because I'm trying to think like, all right, right. Eric right now understands that gets that. Would 18 year old Eric understand that? Like if you were that parent and your kid wanted to go to some liberal arts college and do fucking theater. 
Like, they're, they don't give a fuck about your generational wealth. They're like, dude, I'm trying to, like, go to theater and make it to Broadway. Bro, we got millions already coming in. Who the fuck yeah. cares about Broadway? You you take this job, you can go to Broadway whenever the fuck you want to. Literally. Fuck Broadway. Fuck it. You can be the most passionate Broadway watcher. Go watch as much Broadway as you want. But as far as theater, art school, and going to be on Broadway, nah. That's not what we're doing. And it sounds dickheadish, but, like, the weight of generational wealth has to trump some people's passions. You think those oil tycoons down in Texas and Oklahoma, you think they became generationally wealthy because they were all passionate about fucking oil? No. Somebody told them, nigga, oil is more worth more money than your passion. So fuck it. You're going to tend this oil. And they ate that shit. And now they are generationally wealthy. Man. Yeah. that I mean, when you're talking big money like that, yeah, you have to force your kids into it. Because you want to keep that within your family. Because once it goes out, you can't ring that back in. You can't. And you're thinking, well, I can sell it now. I can sell off the projections for the next 15, 20 years. Bro, you could have had that in your family forever. You're going to milk this. This cow was never finna run out of milk. You just needed someone to take over. Yeah, could you sell that? Like, sure. Don't get me wrong. You can put that into the market. You know, you'll get like an average of 10% back. And that'll be good. But that company, the projections, who knows where the fuck that could go. That could be. And and even if it, even if it doesn't like go crazy, just being able to realistically have nepotism and just throw your kids, grandkids, family members into jobs, like, and making good money, don't have to worry about it. Like, you can't beat that. Cannot. I'm pro, you know what? I'm, I'm here for it. I am pro nepotism. I am pro forcing your family into your family business. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. It's fucked. Um, you want to talk a little sports stuff? What's been going on recently? I've been on a heater on hockey overs, no big deal. Know. Just absolutely killing hockey. I'm gonna try to see if I can I fucking get rich off some of these fucking parlays this weekend. I'm feeling the upsets this weekend, so maybe I make some money. I'm thinking Bengals. I'm thinking 49ers. I'm thinking Rams. Who did Chiefs play? The Bills. I'm thinking Bills. If everybody upsets, maybe I make some decent money. I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can bet against Rodgers. I can. I I don't want to bet against Brady, but I could definitely see because let's not forget the Rams destroyed the Bucks earlier in the season. They did. I think they're a good matchup. As far as Rodgers, I understand not wanting to bet against Rodgers, but um, I don't want to bet against Kyle Shanahan. And people say he choked in that Super Bowl. Um, maybe kind of. It was more the defense. They had a 28-3 lead and couldn't close it. Shanahan got him that 28-3 lead. But Shanahan is does, a, Why does Shanahan hate time management just running the ball? Because he's a run-first type of guy anyway. Like, all of his offenses are already built off running. It's kind of like defenses when they, like, get a lead and go to prevent and give up a ton of points. It's, it's a bad concept, but if, like, that's – your only defense to like big plays. I see why you fall back into that trap. I think Shanahan is probably one of the best offensive coaches out there. I think they can go to Green Bay and I think they can outscore the Packers. I also think that that front line they got, yeah, it's coming after Aaron Rodgers. 
I just don't want to. Like, I just, you just, Rodgers and probably like fucking two degree weather in Green Bay on a Saturday night. Uh, They're built for this. That 49ers team is built to go on the road in the cold and punch somebody in the mouth. They run the ball. They play the stingiest of stingy defense. This is going to be a good game. Especially, I th- I'm pretty sure uh, MVS is not going to be playing with Rodgers uh, with the pack. I think he's he was doubtful last time I saw. So if you don't have him to stretch the field, those those uh, safeties can really come down into the box and kind of not into the box necessarily, but come more down because they don't really have like the Packers don't really have anybody to stretch the field like that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out if MVS is officially out. Yeah, and I think that running game that they're thinking is decent, it, Corey. Corey Dillon, fucking Aaron Jones. They're not going to do nothing on the 49ers defense. Well, Fred Warner almost fit. The 49ers are lucky that Warner's knee injury, I don't think it was as bad as they thought. But what happened with Bosa? Bosa Bosa was cleared today. He got cleared. All right, that's good for them. Are you worried about uh, Derrick Henry back with the Titans? Fuck no. I think Derrick Henry's going to put up some numbers. I think he'll have a good game for his first game back. I don't think that's enough for the Bengals, though. The Bengals might truly have the biggest collection of young superstar talent. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, fucking T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow. The tight end, Uzuma, is nice. Like, that offense, they can score whenever they want. It's crazy that it's... As as a person who seemed to draft Joe Mixon every year in fantasy until this year, and then he finally like really really came out, it's crazy to see. And it's also if you think about this, like, no offense, the Titans are a one seed. I don't really think they're as good as the one seed says. The Bengals might have like the easiest route I to the AFC Championship if they beat the Titans. I absolutely agree. Like the Raiders, who cares? the Titans, who cares? And then you'll be playing either the Bills or the Chiefs, and they already beat the Chiefs once. The Bills, I would like to see the Bills match up. That'd be a fun one. Hmm. I'd agree. Um, I, I truly still thinking about it. Joe Burrow came back such with such a great year. You got to be back player of the year. They might give it to Bosa. I think it's got to go to uh, Joe Burrow. Fucking, um... All offseason, when people are like, they got to get a tackle. They got to get a tackle. They can't take Jamar. They got to get a tackle. This played off better than ever because now they can get a good tackle in the first, second round right now. Probably first round to take a tackle now. Upgrade that line. They already have so much to build on. Like, this team is ready. They're going to be a problem for a while. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say I was one that was uh... – Still in the tackle, like I think they should take a tackle. That was when Jamar Chase was having a down season. I will say, dude's a fucking gamer. He Absolutely. just like you, you. Although it would be nice to have a tackle, you can get that in free agency if you spend some money. You can draft somebody, but someone like Jamar Chase, especially his can, it's it's rare you get the QB to the wide receiver connection. So the fact that they got that, you, you just there's levels to. It. I mean, you see how it is with. Like Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams. Like, there's just levels of connection. 
and it just seems like Burrow and fucking Chase are just on that shit. And yeah. it's, it's coming at a great time for them. No, they're really doing like crazy right now. Fucking. They've been my sleeper for the AFC for a while. I think I can finally confidently say that that is who I expect to come out for the Super Bowl. And mm. I can say I expect it to be the Rams. So Rams, Bengals, I think that's pretty on brand with my original because original I had Brown, Rams, Browns with a Bengals, Bills sleeper. So I'm not mad at this. I just, I am, a, I'm just a little worried about Matt Stafford, dude. Matt Stafford just is, he's, he's hit or miss. And if he starts throwing picks, that might be a game changer. I think losing Robert Woods hurt him because Cooper Cup is his guy. But I think Robert Woods was really a security blanket. He's starting to move into the role of making Tyler Higby his security blanket. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think Matt Stafford's a dog. When the game's on the line, I want Matt Stafford. Out of all the QBs in right now, he'd probably be like my third, fourth pick. But I think he's got enough to get through the NFC. I'd take him over Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not. Really? I don't know. Dude. Aaron Rodgers like don't close. And the more I've heard people talk about Aaron Rodgers, the greatest throw of the ball, the more I've seen some of his records in one of the easier divisions. People talk about the NFC least. The NFC North has not been great for a very long time either. Um, the fact that he's been to one Super Bowl kind of is, like, alarming. Mike McCarthy, dude. We just saw what Mike McCarthy did with the fucking Cowboys. <sighs> Running a fucking QB, like, run with 10 yeah. seconds on the clock. I think some of that has to do with Dak not being a great quarterback either. Some of the blame is on Mike McCarthy, but they should never have been all the way down like that. They were just playing terrible. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has a history of kind of shitting the bed in the playoffs. He's been to one Super Bowl in, what, 14 years? One of the greatest quarterbacks ever? The next person we talk as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever is not counting Tom Brady, is Pat Mahomes. And he'd have thrown his team to two. And I don't think anybody thinks their defenses are great. Yeah, right. Well, even like you have to look at, at last year, like some of that blame you have to put on fucking Matt LaFleur. Like what he was doing. Like you're down eight and you're kicking field goals or whatever. Like you can't do that when you're at your, like, your own two yard. Let Rodgers throw the ball and live and die by it because you're going to die either way if you give the ball back to Brady. Some of it is LaFleur, but live and die by it is – when he doesn't convert, they had three chances. When he misses it again, it's like, damn, like what what's going on? Then you just, you're gonna die either way. I think Aaron goofed when he should have ran that John in at the end. He would have had it. He turned pussy at the on that third down. He could have ran that in. Yeah, I mean, not everybody can be a runner. You can't all be track stars out here pushing P. You know, Shout you can't. Out. No, there's some good games this week. Are the Bengals tomorrow too? Yeah. So who's tomorrow? Bengals, Titans, and 49ers and Packers. Damn, that's a good day. Yeah. This yeah, is honestly need... such a good weekend for football in general. All of these matchups, I think, should be good games. I mean, I don't want to speak into existence, but I'm not even sure that Titans are gonna show up tomorrow. <sighs> that's a hot take. I know, but I'm just saying, I don't know if they're showing up. That's probably got the best potential to get out of hand. But then again, nah. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry back. 
Tannehill can play a little too. I think that's going to be a good game. If you want a if you want a little parlay player prop, whatever Tannehill's running prop is, just hit the over because I feel like Tannehill is just always liable for some big run at some point. Do they be counting sack yards against them in the run, or does that go against them in the pass? That's neither. They don't count it at all. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's over. Now that I know this, I'm I'm rushing parlayed up every quarterback hitting over except Tom. Do you trust Rodgers to hit his over? I don't even know what it is. Hell no. It's probably going to be like 12, 14 yards. And I do you could probably do Tannehill. And all right. I feel like Josh Allen's could be a trap because it, I don't know what it is, but it could be high because of what he did. Like he's been running a little bit more. I was going to say his shit probably going to be like 40, 50 yards. Mahomes doesn't, surprisingly, he doesn't really run that much. Yeah, no. I feel like Tom's running more than Mahomes. Recently. Gosh, I'm excited to see Jimmy. Jimmy's stock just keeps rising. He's going to put them in a situation where, like, you look stupid if you trade him, but you don't know if you can trade Trey. The 49ers are in the worst position in football because everybody knows a team with two starting quarterbacks is a bad team, and I think they're going to think they got two starting quarterbacks. Yeah, it's the it's just probably the worst case scenario for them when they draft the Trey Lance. They really thought that Jimmy wasn't gonna be good, and then they could throw Lance in there and Lance would ball out, and that just has not been the case. So, yeah. but I don't. It, I mean, it's at some point you gotta because you can't do can't do what the Packers are doing right now, where you have Rodgers balling out. I mean, potentially back to back MVPs, but then you have Jordan Love just sitting there. At some they're point, you got to put somebody so, in. They're going to look so stupid for this. If I'm Jordan Love, I almost have to be in, like, every practice, every quarterback meeting, in the GM office. Like, why the fuck am I here? Like, you draft me, tell me you're grooming me to start, and this has been three years, and I sit on the bench as a first-round quarterback? Yeah, something's got to be done. I almost have to demand a trade, for real. I mean, what do you like at the beginning of the year, off season, Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming back and people were kind of like, All right, he restructured his contract so that he can be traded this off season. But like if your team is especially if they win this week and you're back in the a- a- NFC championship thing, a uh, game which you can definitely win, um, how do you let him go? And why yeah. would you want to go? And he hasn't played bad this year. So it's like they're in a very tricky situation. Are you going to trade him? Like, for what? Like, why? To then regress to Jordan Love? Like, no offense, Jordan Love, but you're not going to. I mean, the Packers were 13 and 4 this year. You're definitely not going to be at that level. And, the- he, and let's say Rodgers goes somewhere else and is balling out, and the, the Packers are like, you know, nine and eight or whatever. It's like, why? What are we doing? Why do we trade this guy away? The problem is, you truly like you said, you can't trade him because then it's Jordan Love. But also, I don't know if Jordan Love offers you any real trade value. He's only played in the preseason. He's got such limited snaps in the regular season. Nobody knows if he's this guy that you have or this guy you thought he was going to be. Because the question is going to be, if he's this guy, why didn't he ever get on the field? 
The answer is he's behind Aaron Rodgers, so that's almost not even a fair question. It's a question GMs will play, though. And then it's like, what's the trade value for a first-round quarterback from four years ago? Like, is that a third-rounder? Am I giving you a fourth-rounder? You're not getting a first. I'm not giving you a second for him. I mean the the literally the fact the irony that the Packers and 49ers are playing each other when they both have just huge questions in the offseason about quarterbacks is hilarious. Cuz like I think I mean sure the 49ers can move Garoppolo. Someone would definitely take him. Mm-hmm. But like and and I mean they were 10 and 7. I think that's a good team. They have a lot of potential there, but I don't know if um Trey Lance is suddenly going to be the the guy at least for a year or two, so then you're gonna regress. Like, what are we doing? You could probably get a first for Garoppolo. I think it's gonna depend on where you're trying to trade him to. If the Texans are able to move on from Deshaun, I excuse me, I think Garoppolo could do well in Houston. They build a team around him sort of like that, especially if they end up hiring Brian Flores. The strong defense, get a team, get a running back. I think the issue is gonna be with both of them. The backup quarterbacks are such question marks. It's like, what value does this bring? Yeah, you were first-rounders. Fucking Jordan Love and fucking Trey Lance were questionable first-rounders at that because their college careers are like, they got astromarks next to them. Not astromarks. What are they called? Fucking astronauts. They got astronauts next to them because it's like, yeah, they played ball, but they didn't play power five ball. I mean, fucking um, Trey Lance played, like, what, 16 games in North Dakota State. Yeah, what was it? North Dakota State in, um, fucking, why do I want to say Utah? I think he played at Utah. Yeah, I think it was North Dakota State in Utah. So, like, nobody's Utah's checking. Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is, as a USC fan, no. Yeah. The Pac-12 is the Pac-12. Like It's Power 5, but Utah barely made the cut. Yeah. So, it's like, do we count that shit? And I want to say Jordan Love didn't have a crazy amount of starts either. I mean, probably not. I, mean, I feel like he might have been a two-year starter, if that. And one year was way better than the next year. Yeah, man. I, it's it's such a shitty situation to be in. And especially with this offseason, like, I feel like we're getting a lot more. There's recent, recent years, there's been a lot more talk about QB movement. Like, you have Rodgers potentially. Baker Mayfield, I don't know how the Browns give him a contract. They can't. Um, I think Lamar's technically due for a contract. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, it's going to get tricky. And they have 49ers, all that kind of stuff. Like Derek Carr is up. Derek Carr, Jalen Rodgers, Deshaun. Deshaun might be available. Kirk Cousins is available. Oh, Kirk. There's a chance Baker's available. Fucking should be available. Bridgewater's probably gonna be back on the market. Bridgewater's not great, but he's a solid like gap quarterback. There's gonna be way too many fucking uh my boy Jameis. Huh? Jameis will probably be up once he heals. Fucking um I don't know why I'm like brain farting on his name. VT quarterback, play for the Texans. Oh, oh, oh my god. He got stabbed in the lungs. He lost his job to Justin Herbert. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know how. That's my dude. I don't know how I forgot his name. He's gonna be available. There's gonna be a lot of like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. There's gonna be a lot of like high end, not even high end. There'll be high end starting quarterbacks. So like the Aaron Rodgers, 
maybe the fucking the Derek Carr fucking Kirk Cousins still puts up numbers. He's been on a lot of winning teams. Jimmy Garoppolo only wins. Then you'll have the middle of the pack ones, like the fucking Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod, Baker Mayfield, where like in a gap year, maybe they could come in and do some work for you. Then you got some questions on there who could become available. So this is going to be a very interesting year for like what happens quarterback wise. I, the, the most interesting one for me will be what happens with Deshaun because there's so many different factors to that. I'm so interested to see what happens realistically because I know the Eagles have three first round picks. And if I know us, we're going to be trying to Russell Wilson. They didn't even say Russell. Oh Wilson. shit! Russell Wilson Russell. is definitely on the market as well. There's so much going on. There's multiple teams with first round picks this year. There's a lot that can happen. Yeah, I think the one I'm most interested in is Derek Carr. I think he, outside of Deshaun, I think Derek Carr offers the most upside. Aaron doesn't have that many years left. Derek Carr is like in the prime of his prime and a great quarterback. Get him to the right team, the right pieces around him. That's not a shit show like fucking the Raiders were. I think Derek Carr could truly change the team. How do you feel about, I was going to say Derek Carr um, in the Browns, but I feel like that's kind of a similar situation to what he is now, which is a team that's very heavy run-based, and you have like one good option, which for the Raiders would be... um, Waller, and it would probably be Jarvis Landry for the Browns. Yeah. I think the best fit for Derek Carr would truly be – I'm not mad at the Giants. The Giants are like my 1B because I think he could help the Giants. The Giants got some decent offensive weapons there. They need a new line. Saquon needs to be healthy. I think the Broncos would be the best fit for him. They got that young stud running back. They also got Melvin Gordon. They've got Noah Fan at tight end and three very capable receivers. The defense is also starting to come together. The Raiders probably would never let it happen unless they cut him and let him walk this year. They would never trade him to the Broncos. But the Broncos, John Elway could get his answer if Derek Carr come down the road to the fucking Denver. How do you feel about this? Derek Carr to the Saints. I don't love it. You don't love it? I don't love it. I don't think... I don't think Kamara is as good as everyone else thinks he is. I also think he's at, like, the tail end of his career. Backs like that don't last long in the league, and I think they used him the fuck up, which I'm not – I can't be mad at them. He was probably their best weapon for a little bit. Um, Michael Thomas is, like, the definition of toxic, so we don't know if he's going to show up to play for the Saints or get traded. I think the coverage are bare in New Orleans. I just feel like – they're always in the hunt, you know? They used to always be in the hunt. I don't think they have that much talent left offensively on that team. Because if Michael Thomas don't show up, and it seems he's wanted to get traded for like two years now, who the fuck is on that team? They got Callaway. He's a deep threat. He a deep threat, but like deep they threats are one trip. They're like one trip ponies, and he all right, but he's not even like the greatest deep threat, so... I feel like going to the Saints would be like selling out because you're probably going to be in for two, three years of just like nothing. Bro, they got Lil Jordan Humphrey. Do you know about Lil Jordan? <sighs> yeah. He he not putting up numbers either. 
Ty Montgomery. They have Ty Montgomery. Traycon. Some of these names are like a blast from the past. Like when you see Mark Ingram back on the Saints, you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Coverage were bare. They had to bring in like washed beds. They got a good defense, though. I don't even think the defense is that good. I think they have good names. They've got like what? Malcolm Jenkins, washed. They've got Marshawn Lattimore, who was at one point, like four years ago, one of the top corners. He's not even close to that conversation anymore. Being a Falcons fan, I've watched him get torched in a lot of games. In my eyes, washed. Um, Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan's all right. I don't think he's anything like what he used to be. I think that team got old and bad right in front of our eyes, and Drew Brees walked away at the perfect time. Mm, Marcus Davenport, how do you feel about that name? I feel like Marcus Davenport never bloomed. I remember he was a first-round pick like two, three years ago, but I don't remember him ever putting up no numbers. I didn't see him make no plays against us. What about uh, Garner Johnson? You got you to gotta like Garner Johnson. I don't even know who that is. C.J. Garner Johnson? Yeah, who is he? What do he play? He's a safety. Is he good? Do he be doing yeah. stuff? Yeah. <sighs> I don't, maybe they got a couple. I just think that team got old and bad, and they're, they're really going to need to rebuild. I want to see what other teams. I want to see what other teams he could really go to. I truly think the Broncos is the best fit. I think hey. the Giants wouldn't be bad. The Colts. Who's going to the Colts? Because Wentz is clearly I'll fucking the Colts. Carson Wentz. No way, dude. Absolutely. You see what uh, their GM was like? Yeah, we thought we thought Wentz was a good fit, but that might not be the case anymore. Yeah, he's staying. There's no way they let Wentz walk. Frank loves him. Frank loves him, and he was able to work with him. And if I'm being honest, I don't think all of this is on Carson. Like, some of the games where they imploded was more on the Colts and their lack of talent. And here's why. They got uh, Michael Porter. Not Michael Porter. Michael, uh, is it Porter? Yeah, it is Michael Porter. Fucking, he's a dog. T.Y. washed. The tight end from VCU, VCU, Mo Alley, don't even really know how to play football. His routes are very bad. He can catch a jump ball, but that's about it. They don't really have any talent on that offense outside of Jonathan Taylor, who they force-feed the ball. Michael Porter was double-covered all the time. Wentz ain't really have that many options. They need more The line is good still. They need to revamp the line a little bit, and then they need to bring in some receivers and tight ends. And then give him a fair shot. Because for what he had, I thought he did good. Because T.Y. Wash, they had one receiver, and they ran the ball to one nigga all game. So. Oh, all right. Let's look at teams that are going to have open seats. Opens for sure. Um, Let's see. Maybe the Browns, the Steelers, the Colts, Broncos, Las Vegas, depending if they make a switch. Seattle could make a switch. The Falcons should, but it seems like from reports that they're gonna keep Matt Ryan. Which is my bro, bro. when I read that Ryan. shit the other day, I was like, "Ain't no fucking way." <laughs> they love him, dude. I don't know what it is. They just they believe in Matt Ryan's capabilities. Um, the Panthers should definitely even it's the stupidest thing they did was guaranteeing Sam Darnold's fucking option for next year. Yeah, they they were dumb for that. Um, they almost have to run it back with Sam. They're going to rebuild and just acquire pieces. Um, I'm not going to lie. Another quarterback we left out who could hit the market, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Mm. And people were saying Mitchell Trubisky will get some attention on the market. 
both of them could end up in a like starting role this offseason. I'm not mad at that. What do you think about the Lions? They have golf, obviously, but like I was reading golf that didn't do much. I was reading no, he did not do much, but I was reading this is his job to keep for at least one more year because of his contract. And I think the Lions are like committed to rebuilding like from uh inside out. So they're gonna take O line, D line, get some like skill positions in there. They know they've got a long way to go and quarterback ain't gonna be the answer. I think the Vikings are also open and then the Giants and the football team, who might eventually be renamed to Washington something at some point, both have options. I think the Eagles are also on the market, even though I really would not want to trade one of any of our first-round picks unless it was like a bona fide stud. Players out there, y'all could trade for Deshaun, even if you sit on him, let Jalen get one more year of fucking all. Maybe he gets out to the playoffs again and y'all get bounced. Um, I'd trade for Deshaun. I'd trade for Derek Carr. If Aaron Rodgers is available, I'd trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'd, I'd trade for Jimmy. If I could give away a first and get Jimmy G back, I'd take Jimmy G. There, I really don't have much respect for Jalen Hurts' game as a passer. It's, it's, it's just like, you know, he definitely does stuff with his feet, and you're like, this is solid. But then you'll see those replays where he's just missing wide open. Like, if you put that ball there, that's a touchdown, or just like, the, I mean, again, we talked about some last episode, but like when you're when you have corners just playing like 10, 15 yards off Devontae Smith and you can't just throw him the ball, like it just it, it, it you can't make an argument for him anymore at some point. You're just like, dude, you just don't got it. It's all right. Not everybody's built for this level. It's fine. And that's the thing. Everybody talks about how good of a guy he is, how he's like such a like motivator, he's a team player. I truly think he would be one of the best backups. Oh, 100%. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like a backup quarterback in the NFL is longevity. I just think he's a backup. And I got a feeling that people are going to learn the hard way that former number one overall pick in Cleveland is also just a backup. And I think those are things you have a hard term coming with when the number one pick from a draft is now just a travel journeyman backup. I mean, listen, when when that pick got leaked, some people are like, that's a questionable pick. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with it. I do think, listen, I would like to see Jalen succeed because, again, he has a lot of good traits as a leader, leader of men, leader of a team. He says the right things. But at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses and performances. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Todd Bowles, a lot of respect for him and the Bucks and that defense. But, like, there's just – you're leaving a lot on the field, and when you're playing Tom Brady like that, you you just can't. And if you can have someone else in here who could, you know, make these games competitive and give you a real chance to win, you got to move on at some point. I agree. I think my last note real quick, because we mentioned the Steelers earlier, I think it's going to get interesting to see what they do. Because uh, Rudolph ain't it. I don't know if Mike Tomlin has, like, rejuvenated Dwayne Haskins. So it's, like, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they do got a good defense. They've got Isaiah Harris. I like Claypool. Don't love Juju. I hope they let Juju walk. I like that uh, Deontay guy they got. What is it, Deontay Johnson? They've got some, like, skill there. I don't think this will be a hard team to fix if you could revamp it. 
My like flyer, I was thinking about this when I was talking about my boys the other day. My flyer is if Aaron Rodgers, because I used to say he was going to go to the Broncos. The Broncos do got a good team, but I don't know. If Aaron Rodgers dove leave the Packers, I could see him going to the fucking Steelers. Oh, that would be interesting. Him and Mike Tomlin together? Him and Mike Tomlin. Devontae Adams pretty much said he put his contract hold, his contract talk on hold to see what Aaron do. He pretty much said he wants to play with Aaron or Derek Carr. So they might franchise tag him though, which is which is a whole different issue about my hate of the franchise tag. They could franchise tag him. I would hate to see that happen. They could franchise tag him. Hopefully they do the right thing and let him just hit free agency. Even if not, there might be some other decent receivers to hit the market. You already have Claypool. You got the Deontay dude. You got Naze. You got a good defense. You would all you would have all of your draft picks to make sure that line is straight. I could absolutely see Aaron Rodgers going to the Steelers. Bro, that would be oh, that would be something. Let me tell you what I would. Oh my! Oh, I would love to see that. Now I'm thinking about that. That's a great fit. It would. That's a very complete team that he could go to. Yeah. That's probably the best option, really scanning it. Yeah, off the top of the head, the Steelers are like one of the better teams to end up at. Oh, I think yeah, I think it is. Cause like, no offense, I don't want to go to Seattle. That's that seems like they're in the middle of a rebuild almost. Once Russ leaves, the Raiders, they don't know what they're doing. They can't even pick a coach. The Colts, like you said, the weapons on offense are not great. The defense is kind of they got players, but it's not crazy. I think, yeah. I think the Steelers are the best option. I think they have some stuff, and they can definitely do some stuff in free agency. Absolutely. Damn, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, you heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers. Lock it in. Yeah, we broke the news. God. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Um, Hey, guys, thank you for listening. As always, this has been the Happy Hour Edition. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porchsoft, No Way. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Spotify now. You can also do that. Um, we appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Okay. Hold up, wait a minute. All good. Just a week ago. Crew at my house and we party every weekend. So on the radio, that's my favorite song. Make me bounce around like I don't know, like I won't be here long. Now the thrill is gone. Got no patience because I'm not a doctor. Go, why is you lying? Girl, why you move faster? Yeah, me casa to casa. Got it flipping like Gaza. Got so high off volcanoes. Now the flow is so lava. Yeah, we fit that saliva. iPhone got message from Viber. Either the head is so high, girl, or we let bygones be bygones. My God, you. Yeah. I'm outside in an AMG. Right outside. TT. Two turn, baby girl, you know me.